In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages, Amen. Jesus' teachings are not like anything else that we've ever heard. In fact, even people who are not Christian have gone as far as to say that the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ on the Sermon on the Mount are words that are so beautiful that they could have been only spoken by God himself. That phrase is attributed to Gandhi, um, but uh, you know, we're not 100% sure. But nonetheless, but Jesus says things that are so beautiful that they're out of this world. And then when we read them on a personal level, sometimes we feel that, that I could never do this. For example, when Jesus says, love your enemies, or when he says, bless those who curse you. Sometimes we hear these things and we feel that like, like it's, just, it's just not possible for me to do that or for any human being. But we stutter at saying it because we don't want to say, we never want to say that like God is wrong or God said something that is not feasible or, or something. So how can we understand what Jesus is saying? And how does God want us to apply this in our lives? It's actually very, very simple. We make a mistake sometimes. I do this a lot, of course, all of us. That we take a phrase in scripture and we take it out of context. So we take love your enemies and that's all we remember. Love your enemies. What did, he, what did Jesus say before that? What did he say after that? I don't know. But he just said love your enemies. That's all I remember. When we do that, we take something out of context and then it gets twisted up in our heads. Frequently, frequently, if you want to, to prove anything about anybody, you can take anything they said and take it out of context, give it a new context and it will, be, it will mean something new. So we have to read and we have to listen to what Jesus said in context. He says, he says a phrase, in today's gospel which is taken from the gospel of luke but you can read the same thing at the end of the gospel of matthew which helps to clarify things very much if we read if we read jesus's teaching back to front we'll, we'll understand it maybe a little bit more he says something he says be merciful just as your father also is merciful in the gospel of luke which was read today the gospel of matthew says be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect so he's telling us that if we are the adopted children of God, then it, be, it behooves us to behave just like our father. <clears throat> I've, I've told a few stories about goofy things I did growing up and how my, my parents dealt with it and how my parents made me understand that the fact that my last name is Boutros means that I belong to this family and means that my life has to be a reflection of this family. And I'm certain that without a shadow of a doubt, they didn't teach me that because of the honor of my family, but because they wanted me to know that I belong to Christ. I belong to him and I belong to his family and I belong to the family of my father who is in heaven. And so I should fit in with the rest of the family. Jesus says something else which also helps to clarify things for us. He says to us 
that for with the same measure that we use, it will be measured back to us. When he's saying, judge not, that you may not be judged. All of this stuff goes together. It all fits in together. What is so characteristic about our Father who is in heaven, about the behavior of our God towards us, that is specific to Him and is difficult to find in any other religion, philosophy, um, you know, way of life, etc., etc. Something which is just specific, very specific to Jesus. It's His grace. It's that He doesn't treat us based on how we treat Him or treat others. He treats us based on His goodness. God's treatment of us is not based on our merits, but based on His goodness. For one moment, pause and reflect on this. If, you, if, if you're good and God is good to you, but then you're bad, so then God is going to be bad to you, then who's in control? Who's holding the puppet strings? I am. I can control God and I can make him good or I can make him bad. Does this make sense? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Now, there are things like we read in the epistle of St. James that modulate the grace of God in our lives. But that doesn't change the character of God as a giver. It doesn't change the fact that God wants to give us with all of his, with all of who he is, is to, is to pour himself out to us. We have this very blessed opportunity to have our brothers and sisters visiting us from Montreal and they're going to go later to Niagara Falls. There's nothing you can do to make Niagara Falls stop pouring out water at, I believe the last time I looked it up, it was something like 168,000 or million or something Liter, liters per second. There's nothing you can do. It's going to do that. It's going to do that whether you like it or not. Whether you stand on your head or you don't. Whether you repent and you confess or you don't. Niagara Falls is going to pour water out. God is going to pour His blessings out. But you can stand before the falls and be thirsty as, as, as like no tomorrow because it's a hot day today. And until you put your hand out with a glass and try to fill it, not recommended because you'll probably like rip your hand off, but you get what I mean, you know, until you put your glass under the tap, you're never going to be able to drink. But that doesn't take away the fact that God wants to give. So what, what the gospel is telling us today, the gospel is telling us, be gracious. Be gracious. Be gracious especially towards those who give you trouble. Be gracious towards them. Be kind towards them. And then he gives us some specific examples of how we can do that. Right? And he tells us to love our enemies, to do good, lending, hoping nothing for return, to pray for those who spitefully use us, and so on. And so on. Right? But I'm not going to get caught in the details today. I want to th look at this a little bit from a, the upper level. That what, what the gospel is telling us and what the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to tell us is that he wishes for us to behave towards others with the same graciousness that he behaves towards us. Very simply. Very simply put. 
And it's with the same measure, the same measure of grace that I pour out towards others will be the same measure of grace I find in my life. I'll share with you something. There was a time that I was having a struggle with a family member of mine. And so I finally came to an impasse. I didn't know what to do. So I called my spiritual father. And I was talking to my spiritual father and I was very angry. And he told me, I was a priest at the time. He told me, Abuna, you seem very angry. And I said, yes. And he said, he said to me, that's not going to work. You can't be angry. You can't accept anger in your heart. I told him, yes, Abuna, you're right. What should I do? Told me, Abuna, grace has left this relationship. You have no more grace for this person. And this person, it would seem from your words, has no more grace for you. You have to learn how to be gracious again. So I asked him, Abuna, what do I do? He recommended two books to me to read, one about anger and one about the grace of God being the healing balm for everything in our lives. And there I began my journey of grace, my journey of rediscovering the grace of God. And I promise you, I promise you, the moment, the moment that I extended myself towards this other person, my family, without expecting anything in return, the moment that I did something because I wanted to do it, the, the, the response was completely irrelevant to me. The moment grace re-entered our relationship and the moment our, the healing began. And within a matter of days, I promise you, days, everything was changed. Because there was, there was a pre-existent relationship of love there. And there was a pre-existent relationship of joy and peace and desire to, to live peacefully there. But all that was missing, all that was missing was the grace of God upon which our relationships are built in the first place. Be they with uh, our, uh, you know, uh, like romantic relationships or be they family relationships or working relationships. The moment that we offer something to the other, truly expecting nothing or desiring nothing in return, the relationship changes. The relationship changes because we're no longer looking out for ourselves, but we're looking out for the other. Just a little bit of grace changes everything. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell us. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. Now, what is this business of, for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. This speaks to the graciousness of God. It speaks to the fact that God Himself is very gracious. God Himself is not looking at what, what measure it is that you, have, that you have brought. He Himself is willing to give abundantly. He Himself is willing to give all that He has to you and to me. But it's with whatever measure that I use that I will be able to take it back. It's like, it's like if God is for the lack of a better example, like a buffet. And you can walk away from that buffet with as a, a plate piled up as high as the plate is. But if you go there with a little teacup saucer, you're going to come back with less. And if you go there with a dessert plate or a dinner plate, you know, or a serving dish, you know, or you go there with the biggest casserole you've ever seen in your life, 
everybody is going to walk away full to overflowing. Everybody is going to walk away full to overflowing. From a relative perspective, everyone will be over capacity. But from, from, from an absolute perspective, there's a big difference between you know, a tea saucer and a dessert plate and a dinner plate and a serving dish and so on. So what stretches up our measure? What is it that I can do in my own life this week? The goal is so that you can walk out of here with something you can do this week that will stretch your measure and give you to be able to receive more of the free gift of God. Jesus is very simple in his teaching. Nothing is complicated. Nothing is complicated with Jesus at all. He says, right before he says this business about, about um, this business of the measure, he says, forgive and it will be forgiven to you. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For whatever measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Forgiveness is an act of grace. Forgiveness is an act of grace. Forgiveness is a free gift that I'm giving myself first and foremost and the other. When I let somebody go, when I let somebody go, I release myself from carrying the anger and the burden and, the, and, the, and all of this in my heart, which eats away at me. I've shared this with you before. There's a Chinese proverb that says, let he who chooses unforgiveness, sorry, he who chooses unforgiveness makes himself a victim twice over. A victim of the person who hurt him and a victim of the anger which eats away at him Nonetheless, there's another Chinese proverb which says, let he who chooses revenge dig two graves. Because I, I, may, I may get the person that, that I want revenge over, but in the, end, in the end it will eat me alive. The truth is very simple. The truth is very simple that, that forgiveness is an act of grace to myself first and to others second. Today being the feast of St. Moses, we can learn from him. You know St. Moses started off his life as, as a great sinner. But then he had a great repentance. And for the greatness of his repentance, for the great ferociousness of his spiritual struggle, he is called the strong Saint Abba Moses. He teaches on many different topics a lot. One of them is the lack of judgment, not to judge our neighbor. And there's a beautiful story which is told about him. You can see it in the new icons that are being painted. The first icon on the, hard maybe for people to see, maybe the people sitting on the, by the wall here can see. The first saint on the left of the ceiling here is Saint Moses and he's carrying a bag of sand on his back. And you'll hear this story said in the veneration hymn, and it may have been in the Synexarium as well, that there was, when he was an elder, there was a monk who was caught in sin. And so they, they made a council of the monks to judge this brother and see what they should do with him. And they kept calling Abba Moses to go with him to judge this brother. 
and he wouldn't come. Finally, after calling him many times, he gave in and he went. And on his way, he filled a, a huge sack of sand, with sand and he slung it over his back. Some sources say a barrel, doesn't matter, some container. And he slung it over his back and he made a hole in it. And as he was coming, the, the monks told him, Father, what are you doing? He's an old man at this, uh, by this time. And it's a big heavy sack of sand. They said, well, Father, what are you doing? Why are you carrying the sand? And he said to them, I'm going to judge my brother and my sins are trailing behind me. That's how foolish. It doesn't make any sense. I'm a sinner and I'm going to judge my brother for his sin. It doesn't make any sense. The brothers, all of the monks were edified. They were... They were um, encouraged by this and they forgave their brother who had sinned and they forgot all about the whole thing and they learned a lesson which is a lesson to them and a lesson to me that the, if I wish to learn the life of grace if I wish to, to increase the measure by which I can receive the grace of God a very simple thing I can do is to forgive a last word about forgiveness. When we come to forgive, we oftentimes have a lot of difficulty forgiving people, forgiving ourselves, because we're trying to do a lot of different things. We're trying to reconcile. We're trying to make peace with the other person. We're trying to rebuild the trust. We're trying to make boundaries so we don't get hurt again. We're trying to do a bazillion things, and so in the end we get confused and we do nothing. Forgiveness, as Jesus teaches, is one very simple thing to let go just to let it go just let it go just erase it erase it from your from your recollection you may remember it in the future that's fine make a commitment you and me today to take one hurt and to let that hurt go i will never speak of it again except that whether I'm trying to reconcile with that person, but otherwise, I'll never speak of it again. I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to... I'm not going to hold this in my mind and in my heart. I'm going to let this go. I wish the person the best and give, give myself first and this other person the gift of just forgetting this. We all say things that we may have wished we didn't say or maybe I wish I would have said that in a different way they say the word that you speak you can't take back right I'm gonna extend this person I'm gonna extend this person the benefit of letting them letting them take it back letting them letting it be erased I'm just gonna let it go I'm not gonna hold on to it anymore that will that by itself grows the measure of our heart. And that's what we saw in the Synexarium, in the lives of St. Isidore and St. Moses. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I've sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray.